Welcome back to D's Nuts and Bolts. In your mouth. How long did it take you guys to figure that one out? Uh, oh, like all of 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> we're, before we're, we were real original. Yeah. yeah, before we recorded a show, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. That's what started this show. Exactly. Probably. Perfect. Oh, good. So I think we left off at covering. Actually, uh, we had a glue question. Oh, yeah. At the break that Clay had a good one. Yeah. So when to use kicker and when not to use kicker? On CA, if you can do it without it, it's going to be stronger because it doesn't get brittle. The longer it's, it, like we said earlier, the longer it takes the glue to set up, the stronger it's going to be. And what sets CA off is moisture. So there's no moisture in the in the wood that you're, or whatever material that you're gluing together. It won't uh, it won't set off without without kicker. Right, and we talked about foam safe. A lot of times won't kick. Foam won't. safe. A lot of foam safes won't. The kicker is required. You right. have to have it. But if you can do a joint with CA, and it'll set up on its own, that's the way to go. Yeah. It's, if you're using ZA. And I think we all agreed that it was aesthetically better. Doesn't, oh, yeah. It doesn't, doesn't get as crazy. It doesn't and, get all crazed up and you don't get that uh, fogging, cloudy stuff all over your joint. Right. There's there's um, there's plenty of ways to get CA to go off. A lot of people don't know this, but the baking soda and water mixed together will activate CA. If you don't have any accelerator... That's a secret that uh, that seems to make it to where it doesn't craze as bad, and it does set it up. Yeah. Well, and like when we went to the hobby shop, I was talking about the stuff that you get from the beauty salon where they, the stuff that they glued nails on with, they have an activator. You can buy a big can of that for the same price as the little can of Zap Kicker. Yeah. I've never tried that, but I'm, I'm sure it works really well. Oh, it, it does. It works great. I've got a can of it, and somebody asked her, like, why did you go to Sally's Beauty? He's like, well, it's for glue, and it's the same stuff. Well, I mean, you just picked it up when you were getting, you know, no, actually, care, I knew, care supplies, right? Actually, I knew the girl that worked there, so I had her bring it. Here. Yeah. Here. <laughs> mullet care. Yeah. <laughs> Do they have a mullet section at this point? I've never been in, in there. In Duncan, Oklahoma, I'm sure they got at least one that has a... I'll be honest. I've never <laughs> been inside. Cyrus. I just know the girl at yeah. work, sir. I'm like, hey, I need that. <laughs> so she brought it, gave it to me. So I told you guys when we were talking earlier about how the glue thing is kind of like the oil war and the yep. Chevy versus Ford. Look what yeah. Clint just put on the tail. No. tight bond. No, yeah. Which right. we did cover. In the first segment, tight people swear by it. It does work really well. Find what you, what works for you and what you like. The one thing nice about tight bond is it gives you a little longer to move the parts around too. Right. And if you're in that big of a hurry, you're not working on enough shit at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're waiting on stuff to dry, it's because you should be building something else on the other side. Right. Or maybe it's just that thirty-minute thing, you know, the small goals. Yeah, you, exactly. you go out in there and put put a few pieces together and call it good for the night, and then come back tomorrow and do a little bit more. I would bet if you can dedicate thirty minutes to it, it goes quick. But you're not going to stop at thirty minutes because you're going to be into it, and start rolling on along. That's how I am uh, on projects. 
yeah. It. I. One of the reasons why I was trying to drive that home is I. I fell into a trap hardcore whenever I, when I first had kids, is I went from being able to spend you know as much time as I fucking wanted to working on airplanes to where you could just squeeze. Okay, they're asleep. Go. Right. And I didn't do anything for like four years. And then I finally figured out it's like, well, I can do stuff an hour at a time and get plenty of shit done. You know, yep. it, mm-hmm. it really adds up fast. And the amount of time that people waste is astronomical. Oh, like TikTok. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, man. I wasn't going to say it, but the social experiment. Look at that on Netflix and you'll figure it out real quick. Right. Well, so I thought about that, too. I've got my little hot tub TV in the little box that hangs out on the porch or whatever. <laughs> I could just set it over there on the bill table. Yep. There yeah, you go. I mean, Clint's uh, uh, got a big that's TV. That's a good point. TV is not good. TV is not good. Radio or something that you don't have to look at. You need to be looking at what you're working on. I, I find myself... Uh, I was just talking music. about the background noise. But. Yeah, music works good. Yeah, that's... But we were promoting a podcast that I heard of to play that while you're well, building. But it only lasts for a couple hours, so... Right. Well, that too, and uh, there has been many times I've sat up here and listened to our podcast, you know. It's just kind of... Oh, I didn't think you ever listened to it. I do sometimes. Like, uh, there's a handful of shows that I will listen to that uh, I know doing them. So you have heard you say, I just love what we do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, don't do that too often. I just got a new beer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you need some more beer in you. So you like love it. what you do. Yeah. God. Uh. <laughs> Damn. So, it's covering. Now we got the airframe done, and I told you the tricks on that. This, this is the secret of Monaco. You cannot shrink it with a heat gun. You got to stretch the shit out of it. Um, if you do this and you stretch it to the as hard as you can before you ever put heat to it. The tiny little amount that you do have to shrink it will not come back as wrinkles when you get it out in the sun. If you put it on there loose and just shrink it with a heat gun, which is what most people do because it's the easy, easy deal, as soon as it gets hot again, it's just going to wrinkle up like a prune. So the, the, the easiest way is to, is to start on one end of whatever piece you're covering, iron it down, and then on the other end, just pull it, stretch it as hard as you can, Tack it down, and then work your way where you go to the middle. If you actually read the instructions, they tell you how to do this. And the and the instructions that's on the outside of Monaco that nobody's ever read. Because I actually helped write that instruction manual. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tim Lamp, one of our guys so, that worked for Hobbyco, he had it down. So what you're saying is, is RTFM? Read uh, the fucking manual? Yeah, pretty much. But he spent a lot of time on it, and we did some different experiments and. If you if you tack it on one end, like on a wing, a perfect example is tack it at the root at the spar area, about the width of your iron, and then go out to the tip and just weight the wing down. And sometimes you need you even need a on a big airplane you almost need a buddy, but just pull that covering as hard as you possibly can pull it, and then tack it down on the other end, and work your way work your way across, and then. Go left to right, like around the center of the leading edge. Pull it that direction. And you just get it as tight as a drum. And there are spots where you're going to have to use heat. But 99% of it you can get 
drum tight without ever hitting it with a heat gun. If you do that, and I, everything the sheeting iron it on, it will look like it's not going to be perfectly smooth because you can see the iron um, going into the balsa. But as soon as it cools off, it just it goes to perfect sheen. It, it may take a little while, like a couple trips to the field, and then the next thing you know, it's like it's just glass smooth. It looks like hand rub lacquer. Um, so that, that's, that, it works on Ultra Coat, too. Ultra Coat's not quite as critical, but with Monocoat, you have to stretch the shit out of it. I can't even stress enough how much you have to do that. And, and when you do, use the heat gun. Make sure that it's just a, just a tiny bit, a little bit of wrinkle that you're getting out. If it's a huge one, then a lot of times you can kind of heat that monocoat up and work it up off the, the wood and stretch it some more. It's not permanently stuck to balsa. Like, you can kind of move it around a little. And and whenever you get that figured out, it, it's, it's almost like a two-stage um, adhesive. I know Casey knows what I'm talking about. You know, with yeah. the pressure-sensitive stuff, mm-hmm. it's not really stuck until you really crank it down. Right. It's the same way with the iron. The initial hit sort of sticks it. Right. So you still got a little bit of a chance to, you know, if it's going sideways, you can still get it out of there. The one spot that you do have to use a heat gun is a, a wing tip if you're going around a curved is that uh, the one where you grab like it a, and you kind of uh, stretch it and heat yeah. it as you stretch it no, to go no, around? You heat it and then just keep it. That's pulling as a key. So you're heating it and you're pulling around the, the curve and it'll just suck right on it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but you're using the heat gun, pulling, At heating, pulling, heating, stretching. At the same yep. time, yeah. Which I think that's why that I'm, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm awesome at it, but I mean, I had really good luck on my first go oh, because I, you know how to vinyl cause I use with vinyl it uses, you know, or, it's yeah. the exact same technique yeah. and that same process you described if I'm wrapping a hood you lay it all out there and you pull every corner tight and get all the wrinkles out and then you go lay it down yeah. vinyl vinyl guys have no problem with it at all because it, it works monocoat is just like pressure sensitive vinyl yep now ultra coat that's a whole different deal you'll have to ask Mo he's the only guy I've seen that's really got that shit dialed I know he puts it on a real low temperature yeah, you got to run I mean, it at a lot lower temperature. Um, I've seen other guys that have a dial, but the, his seems to hold up better than any of them. But Ultra Coat is the reason why it's so widespread in the ARF world is because it's easy for the manufacturers to get. Monocoat is made in the United States, which means they have to ship it to China, where uh, Aura Cover, which is what Ultra Coat is, is actually made in Germany. And they intentionally make it for the R factories, and then they, you know, they don't even package it. It's just on these giant rolls, and they send it to the. I've always wondered. <clears throat> so it's Aura Cover, man. A lot of vinyl that I use. Oh, Aura Cells, the same yep. company. Yeah, Oracle, or, or Aura Cells. I hate it. I've always Aura said Cells. Oracle. I don't. Know. Oracle is a software company. I don't care. Oracle. I think that's what. Oracle. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. No, it's the same mouth. Yeah. So what about cloth? I have no idea. Fair enough. The only thing I've ever done is fiberglass cloth and then painted. But like cover right type stuff and right, sti- uh, yeah, I I don't know. We, d- I know that the um, stuff that Balsa USA selling, from what I've heard, is exceptionally easy to work with. It is. 
Way easier than Monaco, in my opinion. Oh, I'm sure it is. That last uh, D7 you guys did, that's with that stuff, isn't it? Yeah. We're talking uh, lots of different colors. It's good covering, for sure. Norm redid that cub with it, and he was raving about how it was easy to get it to wrap around. Right. Not everybody's into, you know. That. Fabric, per se. Fabric, yeah. I've got a couple airplanes I probably should have covered with fabric, but I use that flat uh, Monaco. Because a lot of people don't know this, but Monaco actually has their Warbird colors available in flat finish. Looks pretty damn good if you use the techniques that I just said. I I did an L4 Cub in that. Unless you're right on top of it, you're going to think it's fabric. Right. Hmm. Well, I'm... Definitely thinking that my first cover job is going to look like the Stevie Wonder plane back here. Yeah. <laughs> well, nah, you're too nah, OCD for that. Get... I don't know, man. It's pretty. <laughs> that, what, a little bit I've tried to mess with covering. Something, it hasn't the, always worked out real good for me. Something we were talking about earlier is a lot of these kits are kind of designed to make them easier to cover, too. Okay. So, like, they don't put rounded wingtips on trainers. There's a reason because it's easier to cover just a flat end. Right. Um, same thing with the tail and the, like the turtle decks are a bitch. That's the hardest part when you start doing um, scale because of the compound curves. Mm-hmm. You can do them in one piece, but the, even the arf places don't do that. But you can do them in one piece, no problem. You just got to do it the vinyl trick and just right. keep working it. Uh, almost all of them I've seen are split. They're seamed right across the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you you get a custom builder that knows what he's doing, he can do it in one piece. <clears throat> The the edges and lines are the the spot. You know, a big surface I I can handle okay. It's when you start it's trimming it. It's a that getting that trim line. You know, and you can go in there and look at it like that wing that's sitting up right there. My old man somehow had it. I mean, years and years and years of practice. He he did pretty good with Monaco. You know, but trying to get those nice crisp lines and get them right, man, that's, it's a definitely a challenge. So. One of the biggest things that I'm curious about and I, something that I've had trouble with is covering on top of covering. So a lot of the ARFs, they'll be a base color, and then every secondary color is just a layer on top of that. I know a lot of the old school kit guys would, they didn't layer, they didn't put covering on top of covering that much. They would they would intentionally put their seams or their color changes where it would land on wood or something like that. So... Just say, for instance, on a first build, would you recommend just covering it in one solid color and then trimming it out with putting covering on top of covering? Well, since your first build's going to probably, the covering's probably not going to be that great. As far as the end result, I highly suggest you learn how to put covering on top of covering right out, right out of the bat. Yeah. You know, so, go ahead and get the learning process well, underway. So where I've struggled with doing covering on top of covering is you end up with a ton of little tiny air bubbles. Mm-hmm. So what is the trick? And I've heard guys say use really, really low heat and very slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard guys talk about using the old woodpecker and poking a bunch of holes in the covering. Um, there's another method I've heard about using ammonia uh, with monocoat, spray the back of it, and then you like squeegee it down on top of there, and the ammonia sets the glue off. So I've heard a few different methods. A T-pin and an iron. 
Well, the bubbles I'm talking about, what I've seen is it's... You're talking in between the layers of covering. Correct. Yeah. And it'll be, you know, so many it'll look like a, like a textured tile or something like that. You know, I'm talking thousands of tiny, tiny little bubbles. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no way to completely get that out of there. But you can get pretty damn close if you use super low heat. So like Monaco, I put it on at 325. Okay. On a coverite iron, you just set it to 325. Is that with a sock or doubt? Oh yeah, a sock for sure. And don't buy the commercial ones. Go to the Walmart or Target and buy baby socks, infant socks. They yeah. fit them perfect, and they got get the really puffy one. That way you you got a nice padding in there. Yeah. So dial it down to like 200. Okay. So 325, then 200. When you're doing the trim, 200 is perfect. And essentially, you just figure out where you're going to put it, and you have to you have to hold it up. So like if you're going to iron, you start the edge here. Okay. And you just brush the brush it on there with the iron. So kind of so like uh, kind of like the way we did your graphics. You know, I was going to say like you do vinyl. And, yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> instead of a squeegee, you're using an iron. Yep. And you just brush it on there real slow, and it's going to barely stick. Like, the heat just hardly even sets the, the glue up. Okay. And this is with Monaco. Ultra Coat goes right. You know, that's one thing that it is really good at. Is it goes over the top of itself without too many bubbles. But with Monaco, you got to go just a little bit at a time, like you're squeegeeing graphics on top of graphics. Or a window tent. Right. And then... When you get to the end, instead of going back over it with a hot iron, just get a, uh, that's where you can take a heat gun and just kind of bluster the, get a little heat generated in it, mm -hmm. and it'll be stuck forever. Okay. I've done many of graphics like that, and, and usually if there are any tiny, those teeny tiny little bubbles, most of them migrate right out of it whenever the, the glue sets up. You're, okay. ne you're never going to get it absolutely where it looks like there's no graphics on top of. It's well, I'm not like, talking about the seeing the layer change between covering. I'm talking about, you know, those little bitty bubbles. Uh, I've seen mm. seen it a quite a bit where guys. <clears throat> a lot most of that the time it's more than little bitty bubbles. It's usually right. horrifically look. But and it might be dirt, too. So, I mean. Yeah, yeah. that's another thing. Clean it. Yeah, clean it. Clean, clean it with it. acetone. Mm -hmm. Okay clean the covering itself with acetone the yeah the, 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 the shiny side not on. the glue side well you're putting covering over covering so whatever you're putting the covering on the the graphics mm -hmm. which is more monocoat but clean that with acetone okay in a lint free rag you know get all get it as clean as you can before you put the graphic on there maybe you can go get you a tack rag and run over it keep dust and dirt well, off of it tack rags usually have yeah, like a little bit of oil in them like glue in there that well you don't bear down with it there's a trick to using tack rags the best results i've ever had is just a brand new microfiber and acetone yeah okay and then um like i said low temp and just kind of brush it on with a with the iron you got to be super super patient with it but it does work i did the stars and bars on that l4 that we were talking about earlier that um uh, it's got like, so it's white, insignia blue, black, some other 
color, like three different layers. And I got them on there doing that to where they minimal bubbles doing what we're talking. And it's on an open bay wing. Like, it's not on a flat surface. Okay. And I think Honestly, Casey's I talked think, about that I before. Think the, I think the open bay wing's easier. Okay. Because it gives you a little give when you're brushing it on with iron. Yeah. Well, I know you said doing vinyl, the flat sheeted stuff is easier than oh, open yeah. areas. Open areas, you can't really push on it as hard. Right, you can't push on as hard. And it's Well, like, the thing with vinyl is it's pressure sensitive, so it doesn't yeah. set up until you put pressure on it. Mm-hmm. This here, you're using the iron to set it up, so the open bays are not as... They're, a lot of guys are scared of it, but it, open bays is actually pretty easy to yeah. put covering over covering. See, I would totally cheat. I wouldn't even have done that in vinyl. I would have just... I mean, I would have done it in vinyl. I wouldn't even have done it in monocoat. That's awesome. I thank you for saying that. I've been doing it since I was, you know, a little kid. And, you too. And actually made a career out of it. And, and, and you have made a career. See, I don't know, you know, what, uh, I don't know where you come from or what you're doing. So. Well, that's good. <laughs> I like it that way. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you for welcoming me in your house. <clears throat> oh, oh, anytime. And we're shifting. No, it looks it looks used. It looks yeah, perfect. We're at home. Than... I'd much rather have it in the workshop anyway. This well, is good. It is. Yep. <laughs> it is. It's easy to talk about building when you're on sacred ground of building all kinds. Of, how many airplanes have been building here? We don't know. Uh, A bunch. <laughs> which which era? Cause he... Exactly. He took a break in there at one point for about 10 years, so I would bet there was 300 hookers built up here the first time. It just and, sounds all bad. Right, <laughs> right. It's going to sound uh, even worse tonight. Yeah, in 2022, <laughs> building hookers is something totally different. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if you look around, that's everything in here is the second time around. So. Gotcha. Oh, well, that's why he took a break. Yeah. Had to go to work. Had to go make some money. <laughs> I understand. And that was... Kept things interesting. <laughs> well. So, um, on your uh, covering questions, you got any other ones? Not that I can think of, no. I mean... Not Clint, right now. Clint. I'm sure once I get into it, I'll probably have a million questions. Clinton had a good one with the fabric. Is that is something that I've not. I want to go down that line. I have done it a couple times with old cover right, you know, the pre-painted cover right, but that's been long gone. But the Balsa USA stuff that we have now is supposedly really, really good. Yeah. Oh, Oratex. Is that what they're making now? Is this what you covered your uh, yeah. stick with? No, it's Monaco. Yeah, talking to the mic. 
Made in Germany. I know one. Oh, SolarTex. That's the one that went under. Yeah, SolarTex went away. That's what they're using now. And it seems to be a lot easier to work with than even SolarTex was. Really? Cool. But damn, the shit's high. Is it? How Have much you is priced Monaco lately? Well, no. What was it, like $16 a roll earlier? Uh, 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 no, it's $20 a roll now. Right. I think, I think uh, that, that's a uh, $100 roll. I was thinking yeah, that the... Like, what? Three, four meters? Five meters. Right. Well, it's not that much different. Huh? Five meters is quite a bit of covering. I know a third scale D7 takes two and a half rolls. Of this? So... Yeah, that uh, after. Yeah. So you just cover it white and then paint it whatever color you want. Yeah. Uh, Use latex paint. Yeah, latex paint. Thin it with uh, window wash fluid. Just shoot it through an automotive gun. Mm. Window wash. What? I just I don't know. Hey, I got it. It's, it's wind up. Um, window wash. Window wash. Right. Yeah. yeah. Another I, tip. Windshield wash fluid. About. A lot of guys have been asking this. On making paint glow, glow proof, this is a huge topic too. You can use latex paint to paint fiberglass exceptionally well, just like what they're saying. Just use a little touch-up gun if you don't have a crazy compressor. And to make it glow proof, that stuff right there. That doesn't. That's not glow proof. Oh no, it's not. Um, I around here. So I thought it was this one. They make, um, it's called 2K Clear Coat. Mm -hmm. It's an epoxy clear. It's expensive shit. It's like oh, $25 yeah. a can. The but there's a bomb. The there's a little um, cartridge in the bottom of it, and you poke that, and it puts the catalyst in the paint. Nothing bothers that stuff. Yeah. And you can shoot it on to um, latex. And it doesn't cringe it up or anything. You got You want to start real slow, like just barely missed it on there the first right. couple. And uh, you got probably eight to ten hours to use that can. Mm -hmm. um, but I did it on a fiberglass cowl for a Goldberg Extra 300, and, man, it works really well. So that, and uh, the colors, uh, just take the Monaco, iron it on a piece of balsa, take it to the lumber yard, and they'll match it right there on the... So what, you can just buy paint samples. It's like three dollars a can. What I did, uh, we uh, a guy in our club helped me recover that Sig Edge 540 I had, mm -hmm. and there was a company out of Joplin, I believe, 66 Auto Color. It was the name of the company, and I mailed them pieces of the covering, and they uh, color matched it. It was the best color match I've ever seen. Then uh, I bought a can of the 2K Clear you're talking about, and that it came out perfect. The cowling was absolutely perfect. That clear is pretty amazing stuff. It's expensive, but there's a reason. It, it's right. good. It, it works. works. It works really and well. If, and if it's you're tough. building an airplane you're planning on keeping forever, I mean, just a fiberglass cowl on some of these planes is 85 100 bucks. Put some money in. Don't, you don't, know, don't skimp it. on the paint. Yeah. No, man, just from Krylon, brother. Well, we no, had to paint. Actually, Krylon works exceptionally well. The color is not the problem. It's the, right. it's the clear that you got to put on there. Right. Krylon's great paint. Oh, yeah. It really is. It The, the color is easy. 
you can use latex, you can use spray bomb if you can find something that's close in color. Yellow is the hardest one to match by far. Yep. Because it's so translucent. That's another trick is prime it white primer instead of gray. Mm-hmm. So I learned that one the hard way with uh, old handy in there. Is that airplane's primed with gray primer? And oh Lord! All the all it's <laughs> way dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely can change the the hue a little bit. Yep. So handy. Handy, <laughs> <laughs> like a hand job. Yeah. Maybe you, you Maybe obviously Andy. hadn't listened to that episode yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly where it come from. Yeah, yeah. Handy, <laughs> any grocery store or something. That's one of the last remnants of Craig there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll tell that. We're not going to tell that on this uh, tight knit podcast here. All right, tight knit. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, tight proper. Up proper. Yeah, we're we not going to tell that story. <laughs> so, man, what we're. What are we about? Hour uh, 45 since in? we're talking about paint. Yeah. Paint and the landing gear. Here's another trick. Most of the landing gear that comes with these kits is aluminum. If You there, you can make it look really good. Just get scotch bright and make the grain where it looks, you know. Clean it up that way. If you do want to paint it, um, the auto parts stores like O'Reilly's and... Some uh, maybe Napa. They have a uh, self-etching primer that right. comes in a can that will stick to it really well. Mm-hmm. But if you want black, which black landing gear actually looks really good, barbecue grill paint. It's made to stick to aluminum barbecue grills, and it's flat, and it looks like carbon. You can turn an aluminum gear, and it looks like carbon for like six bucks. Nice. And it works really well. And then the glow fuel doesn't fuck with that stuff either. What about like appliance paint or something like that that's made to uh, stick to metal? It's it's got to be etching. Okay. To get into aluminum. I got you. That's another one you want to make sure you got a well ventilated situation. Right. Or not. I mean, depends it's if good. you want to kick it up a notch. Right. Yeah. Quick. Oh what? I just saw the frog <laughs> on the shitter. Yeah. <laughs> Compliments of Rod Elliott. Uh-huh. Yeah, that came Thanks, all the Rod. way from uh, Virginia City, yep. Nevada. It's huh. gonna, it's gonna go in my camper eventually. Perfect. You need a, like a, you know, the inflatables for Christmas time. We put one right in front of your pit area. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Look at Clay. He's over here thinking. Oh no, I've, I've got I something. Order one of these. <laughs> no, we got something in the works. I'm not sure if we want to talk about it just yet, but oh, there's something man. in the work for the frog. Oh man, you're going to be in your natural habitat. Let's just put it that way. Oh yeah, Eve. Now we were down at Superfly in that water, man. He came out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this one is one that everybody will get to enjoy. Oh yeah. Oh, I seen a message about that the other day. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> big things. Big things in the works. Making moves. Making oh, yeah. Moves. I love what we do. Ah, oh, shit. Hang on, I got a drink. <laughs> Wrong show. So, speaking of building, how long did it take you to build that, that stick, that trainer? Uh, the Boston USA stick we had it, 40? So, Dad actually put the fuselage together in about two nights. And then uh, I come up here one night and was like, 
fuck it and got started and it took about three nights to build a wing yeah to get the wing built and of course not you know of all the airplanes and all the stuff that that guy's done you know never really built anything personally so you know done some fixing and stuff like that but as far as building it and it was great watching him sit over there and cringe oh when you were doing it wrong yeah yeah that's kind of what we were getting off of the show is just the only way you can learn is to do it mess it up right well i think and i promise you it's going to fly fine oh absolutely I mean, you know, maybe it's just because I'm interested in building at this point, but it sure seems like a lot of people are asking questions or interested in it right now. And well, the, the maybe pan, a lot of newer people. The pandemic I'm at. definitely increased the building big time because people had time on their hands. And yep. I mean, the kits disappeared instantly because you couldn't get a hold of one. You guys were building a lot, and then they figured out it's like this is actually kind of fun to do. So, you know, on a Wednesday night, just to deep decompress yeah that's something i've always wondered about and i'm sure there's a manufacturer out there that's going to tell me why this is not a good idea but how come so a lot of the arfs we build they're laser cut right and Mm -hmm. why couldn't they just not assemble it laser cut the parts oh because well um most of that stuff is built to be built in fixtures oh i see what you're saying they they have jigs and fixtures and stuff like that and Mm-hmm. Um, 99% of it there's a there's a, a fixture it clamps together and they oh, okay. put the glue on it and down the line it goes it's, they're not manufactured to be kids I see what you're saying now and that, I think there's probably at least a few people out there wondering that because uh, you'd see like the uh, there towards the end of the top flights um, they got rid of they offered the almost ready to cover and then I believe uh, Legend Hobby has some that they offer yeah, almost ready to cover. Legend but, Hobby is actually starting uh, that. I can't say what plane it is, but he he sent me some pictures of one that he's working on. That they're bringing them in with two color schemes and then one that no covering at all. Right. It's just bare. I think he's going to do that with all the new ones that they develop, which is interesting to see what happens uh, whether people actually buy them, but. I can tell you for a fact when Top Flight did that with the P-51s, when they nobody bought them, the white ones just sat on the shelf. Right. right. They had to give them away. Everybody bought the big, beautiful doll scheme one. Right. You know, they all say they want it, and then when it comes time to throw the money out there, they don't buy them. Well, personally, uh, I have no interest. Aeroworks in, uh, tried it, too, with a P-51. They had one that wasn't. It was like just bare scheme. Couldn't sell them. Yeah, personally, I have no interest in a almost ready to cover, but I just I always wondered how come they couldn't just take these ARFs and then make them as kits as well, you know. But the, the uh, fixture most, thing answers that question. Fixtures, yeah. Okay, that that really answers that, and that's I, I know I've heard people say it before, and I've always kind of wondered it as well, you know. Just a quick example is like if you have a symmetrical wing. On a kit, what they do is they put little tabs on the trailing edge to keep the wing flat on your table. Yeah, I know what you mean. Well, they don't put that crap on an RF. They just put it in a fixture and clamp it together and let the glue dry, and it's straight. Yeah, makes sense. That's just one minor, but I'm sure the fuselage has got similar yeah. stuff, you know? Well, like I said, it, it makes sense. As soon as you said it, it you know, it's like, oh, yeah, well, that, that totally makes sense now because it's not built to be a kit, Yeah. And we're not going to have a workshop 
designed yeah, around exactly. playing X. You're going to have $30,000 in t tooling to, to frame them up, you know? Right. They're designing them to be as easy for the factory to put together and get the same result every time. That's all they're worried about is, you know, the end product is they're all, it's like our lasers. I promise you, they're almost identical. You can take the tail off mine and mix it with yours and canopy, all that shit. It, it will fit the same. Yeah. There's only they're they're close enough. That's why spare parts work. Exactly. Yeah. Consistency is key. Now, I do notice that all the, all the ARFs that I've had recently have been higher-end ARFs for the most part. And uh, they're all serialized, every component. Like, yeah. uh, you know, did, wings, you, fuselage, canopy, all that stuff. It's all got a serial number. Even the wing tube, like when I got my laser, they put a piece of masking tape and they write the serial number on that. So you can tell that they're kind of matching components. That's a production line. Um, once you match the parts... It's basically to get the best fit and finish that they can find. So they have a, a stack of stabilizers. Yeah, and they go through there and try different slide. ones, and this and one fits they, the best. they match them, and it's like, oh, that one fits exceptionally well, so we'll put those two together. Yeah. Or you can buy the replacement one, and it's going to fit, but it may not have that perfect gap. Right. Because you know, they are dealing with wood. It is a growing, contracting so, material. And, and I'm not trying to... to I do have a want to talk about on one of the next episodes of this show. Uh, everybody's thoughts on bashing high-end arts, or or not necessarily bashing, but like you know, uh, kit bashing an airplane. You know, take an airplane. Oh, you mean like modding the shit out of them? Yeah. Like what we talked about last night? Yeah. I don't necessarily want to go into that at this moment. But, but I, I, I get the direction you're headed. Uh, yeah. there, there's a thought process there that I'm, I've am i been thinking about, you know, and wanting to look into just a little bit. Well, kid bashing is fun, especially with a, with a airplane that's not framed up yet. Right. I'm talking about cool. something that's already framed up, covered, you know, and doing something it's not intended to do. Oh. with it you know or maybe powering it with something that's not intended to be powered with or, i think uh, that's one of the good things about this hobby is that there there are no bounds right when you do a kit bash well for starters when you build a kit when you get to the field nobody's going to have one that's just like yours anyway because you're going to have a different coloring scheme or you know the way that you place the or you decide to make the elevator a little bigger or put a cow on it or Whatever. <laughs> Fucking guy. <laughs> we had a crash. Yeah. <laughs> Look, that so must have been some good shit, Will. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good day. It's a good day. Jeez. You, uh, you should smell it. <laughs> Ice Cube all, said so. Yeah, that's all you got to do is just give it a whiff. <laughs> Look at this guy. Clay's bound up. He's bound up. It's like some dude in the ER that's been on friggin' uh, morphine for a week. <laughs> Damn. Everything's clogged. <laughs> Damn. Oh, it's definitely not clogged. <laughs> yeah. Boy. That shit last week, that got me. It messed me up. So what else we got? Man, I really don't know. I think we kind of 
covered pretty much everything. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's always other questions, but man, I had most of my questions answered. Oh yeah, and threw a few in there that I wouldn't even have thought of. That's even better. Yeah, something a lot of people need to take it into consideration when you get started with a kit is get have a pretty good idea of what engine you're going to put on it or motor power combination and what servos you want to run because there's no better time than when it's not covered to get the servo trays sized right and and also the balance of the point you don't have to cover it to balance it you can just half-ass install the motor and figure out where the servos need to be in the fuselage to get it to cg right one of the old school kit builders in our club you know he's he's over 70 he's been building since he was in his like 10 years old he will build the entire airplane and then disassemble it to cover it he'll put everything on it the motor the landing gear mount the servos he'll do all of that and then take it apart to cover it and he says you know he's like all the holes are already drilled everything's already done he said i know it fits everything's right and it is a you don't have to go that far you can get close to that you know it's everybody's got their preference i'm not saying that's the wrong way to do it by any means but you don't have to quite quite get that you know that yeah it, well, it kind of goes back to worry about the covering from the moment you get started so where the push rod exits are make sure all that's flared in and smooth where the um where the cow mount all, all that crap needs to be tight before you ever get the covering you don't want to get the covering out and find out, oh, I didn't put a hard point in for the tail wheel. Right. Or something like that, you know? Yeah. Or there's no servo mounts in the damn way. So I've seen that happen. Right. You One know, of the guys bring it over where they can't um, they can't um, mount the servos because they never put servo mounts in it. Yeah. One of the other things I've seen him do that uh, I think might get mixed up, you know, guy get to building something and get in a hurry and not think about it. Uh, but he doesn't hinge anything until it's covered. He may drill the holes for the hinges if he's using Robarts or something like that, but um, won't actually final hinge it until it's covered oh, and then cover the control surfaces separately and all that stuff instead of trying to cover them on the wing. Oh, absolutely. Well, you never cover them on the wing. Way easier if you have them separated. Oh, yeah. I would agree. On a... This is something that comes with a with the covering. If you have a fairly thick wing, like a tapered aileron, not just a flat stock aileron, at the hinge line where your trim scheme goes across there, when you cut it, that angle is going to go down. It won't match the. It'll look like shit, basically. You got to cut the. <laughs> you got to cut the covering at the trailing edge of the wing and the leading edge of the aileron. And then put it at the right angle down into the hinge line. Because when you wrap it around a double tapered wing, it ends up going off to the side. And it looks like ass. Mm-hmm. That's just part of trimming it. You can't... Wait a minute, I like ass. Well, <laughs> I'm not saying that this okay, is cool, sorry. but... Wrong show, Casey. I know, I do that all the time. His C-clamp is bigger. Uh, oh, y'all haven't heard about the C-clamp, maybe. No, the C-clamp rule. We'll tell them later. Okay. So the, yeah, that's that's just you said about covering the 
surfaces separately. Make yeah. sure you keep putting them up there to make, you know, that the graphics line up. Right. Absolutely. That's one of the reasons if you look at an ARF that has a real thick surface on the on the hinge, they don't even run it all the way to the hinge line. They just barely overlap the trailing edge and then they terminate it right there. What? I'm just watching Frog over there. <laughs> Jason's over here trying to have a serious conversation and Clint's just... Oh, um, I just don't pay attention to him. He, yeah. He'll go away. He'll go yeah. away. <laughs> kind of like last night, he went away. Yeah. I, I Surprised we found this place. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been in the ditch dying. No, don't worry about us. We got it. And We're you fine. know how it's... <clears throat> you find out where your wingmen are sometimes in life. He left us stranded east of Shields. <laughs> that ain't no joke. Is that where we were? Oh, yeah. <laughs> So I, I, I remember the conversation well at the hotel. You just get us there. We're going to get an Uber home. Okay. I'm pretty sure the other four people involved did not hear that. <laughs> I think you're the one that heard that. I heard that. No one else heard that. Oh, well, should have said something. <laughs> we did. <laughs> you kept morphing into a different story. That's all right. It was fun. It was good stories. Oh, yeah. yeah. I guess he is used to morphing, being an amphibian. Oh, man. Can you change colors, too? Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I have seen that, actually. You go red and green. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I, I can get to both of those pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I guess that's it, man. Yeah, I think we need to wrap it up. Oh, yeah. So our sponsor for this episode is Don Hockle. Yep, the Don Hockle, the Fortitude Don Hockle. RC. Absolutely. F-O-U-R-T-I-T-U-D-E dot com. RC. RC dot com, yep. yep. Here, RC. here, wait, hang on. I think it's this. This Welcome Back is brought to you by Fortitude RC. That's F-O-U-R-T-I-T-U-D-E-R-C dot com. Use code Welcome Back for 10% off your purchase. There you go. Yeah, make sure to check out those uh, new ISDT products. Oh, yeah, definitely. Hopefully they'll be online when you hear this. Um that quick yeah it's like Monday yeah sweet yeah I know those are gonna sell fast absolutely so if you want them better get in quick yeah set me a few aside bro yeah <laughs> so uh, we want to name off a few of our other sponsors or nah. save that for the other we'll show save it. yeah sweet all right man you guys have a great week did I do it again nope there it is oh this is awesome just I think I know what this is. Oh, yeah. It's the windows of change.
forgot the intro on this was that long. Yeah, it's a little long, but it's good. It's almost there.